my bag now, in my bag now What the fuck is that sound? What the fuck is that sound? Got the Mac out, nigga, side down I got shit I never had now, I can brag now Got my bitch a Louis bag now, she can brag now But my bitch a broken bag now, she a bride now Now I'm sitting in a club in a different bag now Baby, when I pick it up, you gon' put that Yo, 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 yo Ladies and gentlemen, we are almost there. We have reached the worst week of the year, preseason week four, when no one plays and no one cares and you really just want to get to football. But to hold you over, it's your boy Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. And Andy, how dare you insult Chaz Green like that? (laughs) Oh, dude. Chaz Green could, if Chaz Green tried to come, block me to death he would kill someone a mile away from me poor Chaz Green man that guy is uh, can we not have him on our team anymore he won't uh, not to hijack our entire intro but for anyone wondering why that guy's still on our team it's because you need somebody to play the field and take 70 snaps of preseason week 4 yeah, and I, I will make any bet with any listener right now that he is cut at the end of that game you think so? You don't. You don't. Uh, I you make dude, the I, final roster. I think the Cowboys have got it in them to be like. You want to you know bet? Chaz is really. Uh, Chaz is really just like he's showing good consistency. You know what you got in Chaz? It's not good, but it's consistent. It's like one of those where everyone knows the show on a network is canceled, but they just haven't pulled the plug. That's like Chaz Green. Everyone knows he's cut. He's just not officially cut. That's gotta suck for Chaz, dude. He's collecting this like. Probably ridiculous paycheck for what he's doing. He he's probably getting a like third rounder, fuck, something like that, dude. Yeah. So, but yes, well, I'm uh, Benjamin Walker. We are boys. We'll be boys, and we are coming to you right after the dress rehearsal in which we didn't play anybody significant on offense. But nonetheless, we're getting closer to regular season. That's all that matters. And thank God our starters are not out there, dude, because that's the only out we got on this one. This was a pretty ugly game, Ben. You mean to tell me losing the turnover battle by eight? That's eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight is a bad thing. That's correct. I would say that. This is the Cowboys did lose 27 to three uh, to the Arizona Cardinals, who, in our defense, they played just about everybody. Uh, except for Rosen. They didn't play Rosen. They didn't play DJ. Um, but Or Fitz. Or Fitzgerald. But they were out there. They were doing their thing. <laughs> um, all their offensive linemen were out there. Their their defense certainly played the full game. Uh, Glad they went for that field goal in the game. It's real good. And didn't, and didn't let Dan Bailey kick it. Yeah. Like, just make sure this guy that we're going to cut gets gets to gets whack a, a 45 yard field goal. Somebody might see that and. Uh, hey, but you know what? I will say this. Okay, first of all, this game started with a very touching uh, moment of silence and in remembrance of Senator John McCain, who sadly passed away uh, the, the day before the game. Um, really very touching for, for the Cowboys, the Cardinals, to kind of take a break from football for a second and remember the life of an American hero. I was going to say, uh, goddamn American hero. Bonafide American hero. All right, go look up this dude's Wikipedia. It's a it's an action movie. All right, um, they talked to Larry Fitzgerald on the sidelines. Uh, Fitz and McCain were were pretty close actually, given how long Larry's been in uh, Arizona. They visited Vietnam together. 
uh, went to the site of McCain getting shot down as a fighter pilot in Vietnam. Um, and Larry will be uh, in Phoenix tomorrow attending uh, John McCain's funeral. So just just wanted to take a moment and say that it's it's it was very touching to see you know both of these teams um, who are you know obviously very busy getting ready for the regular season to take a moment and just pay their respects to a you know a man who put his country first and it was it was pretty inspiring i was i was pretty touched by it yeah absolutely when you talk about uh you know civil service and serving your country i mean there's no one who really fits that you know as a cliche or more in hold and than but john mccain did so uh you know sad news rest in peace to definitely the- rest in peace to the big dog to the maverick john um, mccain the Maverick. That's right. What a hell of a nickname! Hell yeah! If so my the, friends the call Cowboy- me the Maverick, I would be. So oh, that's off. pretty tight. That's pretty tight. You know that he like saw every time he saw Top Gun, he was like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, he was a pilot, and his nickname was Maverick. So it's just like this movie is pretty much about me, <laughs> dude. Not but, to mention, uh, Mel Gibson in in the movie Maverick oh, was a pretty tight, good. pretty great that movie film. Rules, by the way. But the Cowboys did fall twenty-seven to three. Um, this is the worst. This is tied for the worst preseason loss of the Jason Garrett era. Um, ben, do you know when the last time we lost twenty-seven to three was? Like in the preseason? Yeah. Then hell no, I don't know. <laughs> it was against. It was against Denver. And it was in two thousand fourteen, right before we went on a heater and crushed the league. So well, there you go. There you that's, go. That's not a sign, boy. I don't know what is. Yeah, I uh, I actually missed uh, the beginning part of this game, the only part that mattered. Um, I was in the process of moving. We also had our uh, – me and Andy are in a fantasy football league with all our friends, and we had our, our, our yearly meeting where we get together and talk shit and change rules and – I played golf afterward, which looking at the score of the game was a much better choice than watching whatever product we put out on that field. You but did miss the defense, though. I know. I did catch a little bit of Twitter reaction. I did read some articles, saw the, the gifts, saw Gregory. We'll get to that. Oh, we will get to Gregory. But uh, I did miss that, Goat. You you caught it in full, though, I believe. I did. I watched the entire game. Um, and, yeah, you know, normally the way we do this, we go offense, defense. Uh, what we liked, what we didn't. Uh, I'll tell you straight up, there's nothing to like on offense that we saw on Sunday night. Um, there is not a single player outside of I read Joe Looney was pretty good. So take that. Joe Looney, Joe Looney played uh, 19 snaps. He allowed zero QB pressures. He called all the red audibles. He got the blocking done. Connor Williams had a solid game. Uh, interior blocking looked good. The only decent runs the running backs were able to get all night were through the middle. Um yeah, I would say that is the highlight of the offensive display. Outside of that, Chaz Green was Chaz Green. Cooper Rush looked atrocious. Uh, we'll get a, a little bit more into the, the backup quarterback issues around this team in a minute. Um, you know, when the quarterbacks are getting crushed like that, receivers aren't going to have a great night. I saw um, a stat, Andy, at one point through, I think it was midway through the third, we had six turnovers and five first downs. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, so the offense literally did zilch. And and I'll tell you what. So we'll we'll get into how good the defense did because they were they were absolutely dominant, for lack of a better term. Um, but special teams wouldn't do them any favors either. Lance Lenore, man, um, this is a guy who 
people have sung this guy's praises in camp. Um, he's had a solid receiving performance all through camp. He had a great toe tap touchdown in our first preseason game. Um, this was a guy, a lot of people were kind of saying this is going to be the year that he finally, you know, sneaks onto this roster in that sixth or seventh receiver spot. Uh, they were also having him return punts. Um, now that's not a duty that he's really in the running for, uh, Tavon with Tavon Austin and Cole Beasley on this team. We're not going to have Lance Lenore return punts. Uh, especially, you know, he's had trouble in the past with muffing punts, dropping balls, fumbling after catching. Yeah, you you really hate to see a guy play himself out of a job in the NFL. But this is I, ugly, man. There's really nothing. I mean, I was getting your text updates through it. I went back and saw the plays. I heard Jason's explanation. Um, the first one looked like, you know, it's just kind of a fuck up that happens the second one he need to just stay away from he just tried to do too much after that first one and let it go yeah and he he ended up catching like muffing this punt it goes into well, the, the first end one zone he kind of had someone run into him right it was a little yeah he basically there's no communication he doesn't yell or anything he calls for the fair catch um byron's actually making a pretty decent block for him but he has to come forward far enough that when byron comes across to make the block right. he runs right into him Ball falls down. Cardinals get it back. The second um, one was him doing way too much. Second one was totally on Lenore. Um, he drops the ball. It ro- bounces into the end zone. Uh, then he fails to fall on it, which, you know, that'll at least be a safety. Uh, instead, it's recovered by uh, the Cardinals who score a touchdown on a flub. And then he actually bobbled another one after that. I was actually surprised they were still sending him out there. Um, but it was a, it was a sad sight to see Lance is by all accounts, a really hardworking guy who's really worked his tail off to make this team. Um, and there's a lot of people, like I said, beat writers, people around the team, the scouting guys, they've people, they're fans of this dude that, you know, he's a, this is kind of a pet cat of a uh, head of player personnel, Will McClay. Uh, and he's been brought in every training camp for the last three or four years. And this kind of seemed like the one where he was going to get over the hump. And I, and I have to say, I think he played himself out of the spot just with those mistakes. Yeah, he sure did. And the receiver position was going to be tough to make it because you knew Gallup who they took in the third round was for sure. There Cole and T-Dub were for sure going to make the roster. Hearns on Austin by all. Oh yeah. Hearns was the other one. So, you know, between Williams, Hearns, Cole and Gallup that was four. Then Tavon, by all accounts, was probably going to make it, and he had a good camp, so he wasn't really in position. And then most teams, very few teams, take more than six. So that's six. And, Deont- and Deontay Thompson is a favorite of Sanjay Lal, who's the wide receiver coach. Yeah, they like um, him. He just He's been hurt. So he had a chance to maybe make them think about seven or make that choice hard about who was going to be six, but – I think it's the writing's on the wall for him. I mean, he'll he'll play all probably preseason week four, but he can't. I don't think he can do enough to get back in good graces. Yeah, agreed. And we'll we'll talk more about roster cuts here at the end because we are coming up on cut day on Saturday. Yeah, we might um, as well make our predictions this pod because by the time we come on, they'll be they'll be official. Be yeah, hard. most definitely. So sure, sure. let's get into let's get into a little bit of the good. Um, the the good all came on the defensive side of the ball. Um, <laughs> The Cowboys played uh, pretty much all their starters on defense. Sands, Sean Lee, uh, obviously the injuries of Xavier Woods and Malik Collins kept them out of the game, and we have not seen David Irving yet this preseason. Um, what Why this is game that? Did see, is he battling something, or do they just not want to play him? I know he's missing four games, but is he legit He just hurt? hasn't reported. 
He just hasn't reported. Is he really? Fine. <laughs> yeah, I see him on Instagram doing stupid stuff all the time. I mean, we, me, we, inside knowledge here, we actually, I DM'd him. We had a little conversation. He's cool. He's like in a good spot, but um, friend of the pod, David. Friend Irving. of the pod, David Irving. But yeah, he just hasn't reported. Um, which could work out for the Cowboys actually, because given that he hasn't reported, he does not accrue a year towards free agency. So we also um, don't pay him till he does. No, he, do, he does not get paid. So uh, interesting decision. I don't know if that was a mutual agreement between the team and David, like he was trying to get right or what, but that is what it is. Um, what we did get to see was the first extended action of one Randy Gregory, the mythical Randy Gregory, uh, Randy played about 10 snaps last week um, and was expected to have a bigger role this week. Um, and man, he made a big splash uh, about the, on the first possession, like third snap of the game. Uh, he beat a double team with a nasty, he split the run, the running back and the uh, right tack or the left tackle and then put a spin move on the left tackle and just killed Sam Bradford. Beautiful sack. Um, he ended up, I think he ended the night with like a tackle for loss, a sack and like three QB pressures. Um, Gregory looked great and he was getting a lot of love. Like Collinsworth was, was sitting there being like, yeah, yeah. Collinsworth was saying like, if you're in this division, you got to be terrified of, you got Lawrence on one end, you got Gregory on the other tacos coming off the bench. Um, this might've been, you know, when we saw this, his first preseason too, he had a sack in every game. People were really excited and then boom, you know, trouble hits. Um, but man. Gregory looks like he's in terrific shape and can definitely get to the QB despite playing against the starters. Yeah. Um, a couple things here that I want to talk about going Randy Gregory. Uh, he made a splash obviously on the field. He was, he was definitely the talk of the town. Um, he looks good. You know, a lot of guys that I, I follow and I listen to as far as insiders, I mean, go always have our, our own favorites, you know, who we get our knowledge from. Uh, Sturm, who's who's a big one, Bob Sturm, uh, also on the ticket, writes for the Atlantic, and he breaks down film all the time. And he he's in love with Randy Gregory's talent. He thinks that the two best pass rushers on this team by far are Tank and Gregory. Like he he's all right with talk, he's all right with or you know these guys, but he loves ninety four. Yeah, John Machado, John Machado said if he plays every game, Randy Gregory is a double digit sack guy. He says the talent's just too great when you watch him at Nebraska and you watch him in the limited amount of NFL snaps that he's taken. Um, that makes me excited. I know a couple pods ago, good, I was super skeptical of him being reinstated and playing. I really thought we'd seen the last of him. You you held up more hype. I, I totally was – I was ready to bury the guy. I had the shovel in hand. But his credit, come back. Um, he looks good. I'm excited. But I do want to throw in this caveat goat going to him, and, and you know where I'm headed with this, that right at the game, and it's kind of a sleazeball move. Some Yeah, I, I almost don't want to bring this up. Like well, I'm, I'm hesitant because I think that this is bullshit by Jason LaCanfora. Like I really think that this is irresponsible. And I'll I tell you – I'll, so go ahead. You explain the situation, and I will give you my take. So right about the time the game ended, so perfect timing for the storm, especially since Gregory was about the only thing that – well, not the only thing, but the main thing that flashed for this whole Cowboys team in preseason three. Uh, this DC – I don't even think he's a beat writer, but this no, DC – No, he's a former NFL writer. Yeah. This DC uh, former writer 
who's gotten in out. trouble multiple times yeah, for tweeting inaccurate information. <laughs> he tweets out that looks like uh, what was it more trouble ahead? Uh, not even, credit. not even. He goes, "I'm hearing yes. there might be more trouble ahead for Randy Gregory." More so it's just the full on like multiple deniabilities. Like, well, I was just hearing it, and they said it just might be. What's well, the thing? He doesn't trouble. say. Does he say what the trouble is? No. Does he no. say who he's hearing it from? No. Does he say anything else besides the remote? Like it's so vague. And I I heard this on the radio, and I, I kind of just want to repeat it. Is that I could tweet out right now that I'm hearing there's trouble ahead for Andy Gotelli, and at some point that would probably be right because yeah, I mean if you if you're going to if I tweet it's gonna rain. I got a 50% chance, and then if it ever eventually rains, I can take credit and be like, I was right. Like That appears to be what it is. Uh, go, You can go ahead and go on your, your pivot here, but that, that had the media in a frenzy. Um, Jerry had to respond. Jerry, Steven. The big thing is that people freaked out about, and this could just be reading too much into it, is that the Cowboys didn't really deny anything. Now, not that anything was really accused to deny of. They just keep saying, hey – Randy, you know, like all it's a day to day thing with Randy Gregory. It's day to day. He works on, you know, getting better himself and his life. It and, and that's the key phrase they keep using is this day to day. So now people are like, well, they didn't say it's not true. And now it's just kind of picked up steam when there doesn't seem to be anything there. Yeah. I'm okay. So I'll, I'll make a couple comments here. One, sure. I think it's heavily irresponsible for this guy to say that without any backup of any kind. Um, and I think a testament to that is that obviously every Cowboys connected beat writer. I mean, if you break this story, you're going to get a lot of clicks. You're going to get a lot of attention. You're going to get a lot of shine. So everyone went and asked every source they had about this thing. No one anywhere else in the world could find a shred of evidence that that's true. There's not a single person writing for any team or any website, even the just bargain basement muckrakers of the sports writing universe at like TMZ sports are out there being like, yeah, there's more trouble for Andy Gregory. Every single comment that you see or story about this all leads back to this one tweet by Jason Luckenford. Well, then a, a, a site will report this tweet, right? And then another site will use that site as a source, which is not a source. I didn't go to journalism school, but they'll be like sources say, and then I did go to click, journalism school, and that's insane. <laughs> like, There's no source there. They're literally using one tweet that a guy sent. Someone writes an article about it, and then another site will be like, source saying link that article when it's really just all referring back to one tweet that one guy has made. Now, unless this guy knows, I don't know, some some random miracle that Randy Gregory is, is, has, is more connected than people who actually cover the Cowboys – then you know maybe he has something, but it just seems like it's a real bullshit dark. I mean, thing. okay, there's there's two. Uh, I'll say this first. When the and then the Cowboys had to come out and they had to say, we have no we have no knowledge of anything going on with Randy Gregory right now. He's it's a day to day thing, and that is the reality of addiction. Like there is no point in an addict's life where they can say, yeah, I'm done, I'm good forever. Like that just doesn't occur. Like addiction is a daily, not struggle because you do get to a point where you're not nagged by constant urges anymore. But, but sure, especially you hear, like you hear stories, at, people are seven years clean and then they 
Yeah, I mean, we have we have celebrities die all the time. That like Philip Seymour Hoffman, ten years clean from heroin, decides to get high one time and dead on the floor. Like, so the Cowboys are being cautious. They're keeping a really close eye on Gregory. The league is keeping a close eye on Gregory. He has an accountability partner that he has to report into all the time. Um, so that that's one piece of it. There are two things I think about this. One, I think that this guy Jason Lockhamfora was just kind of trying to stir the pot because he knew he'd get a bunch of clicks. And dude, I, th- I bet you there's people that read Jason Lockham for articles this week that had never heard of this guy before. Cause he got so much media attention for this tweet. Probably his most looked at tweet in his entire sports writing history. The other one is me putting on my tinfoil hat and dude, this guy watched the game and was like, damn dude, a division. This guy's a lifelong Redskins fan. Like he saw the Cowboys pretty much loaded at pass rush and was like, easy target. Maybe if I put this out there, it'll come. Maybe something will come of it and I can take this dude out of the game. Like I hate the Redskins enough to do that. So if I, if I thought I had the power to take one of their best players out of the game by tweeting something, I would do it. So I don't think it's above possibility. This guy was like, Hey, you know what? I don't, I don't really trust Randy Gregory. Like maybe I should stir this pot a little bit. Yeah. First, uh, Andy, I want to correct you. We don't use racial slurs on our Pod, so please. Yeah, I apologize. The team from Washington. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, sir, for the correction. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, Second, you know, I'm not saying it's above possibility that Randy Gregory slipped up. I would not be shocked if a report was true. We're just saying that in our research and following the amount of people connected with the Cowboys that we do, nobody credible to that has who's done their homework and reported back has said there's anything to that tweet. So either and the this Cowboys guy, are proceeding as if this dude's starting day one, they've said that they're like right. week one, Randy Gregory's starting. So, yeah. So I just, I'm not saying I, I, I think that's always going to be a question with Randy. Unfortunately. I mean, we thought Rolanda McLean was good. And then all of a sudden over an off season, he went fucking nuts again. I mean, yep. it's, you just never certain guys have that label and they carry it for their entire career. Randy will be one of those guys. Hopefully his career is long and it's not brief, but it wouldn't shock me if something popped up. I'm just saying that in mean goats research, there's nothing at all that I've seen that there's any shred of evidence to this that's come out yet, at least as of this podcast. Agreed. Yeah. So, and, and this is also another reality of addiction. Like once you've burned the trust of a bunch of people, like you don't have a lot. Like Randy Gregory doesn't have a bunch of like trust built up with the the team and the league and the the public. Like when if a random person gets in front of a camera tomorrow and is like, "I smoked weed with Randy Gregory," like most people are gonna believe that person. Like so, this is just the reality for Randy. I think he's taken a good tact with it, which is to just avoid the media completely, focus on himself, focus on getting ready for the season, stay out of trouble. That's what he needs to be doing. So I think he's playing it right. He looks outstanding. I mean, if this is him after like two weeks of work, man, I mean, we could be looking at a seriously deadly front four. We're talking about a Dallas Cowboys defensive line that by week five could be looking at Tank Lawrence, Crawford or Irving, Malik Collins, Randy Gregory, all on the front coming at the quarterback. Taco coming off the bench and then a linebacker core that looks strong. And that's another place I want to go here with the guys that looked good. Uh, Joe Thomas had another great game. 
Yeah, yeah, before, if you don't mind, go real, real quick before we jump into linebackers because that is a good point. Um, on that front of that that D line, I just wanted to make one comment of uh, Have you peeked at all at our schedule coming up? Oh yeah, for, for I got it pinned season. up next to my, on my at my desk at work. All right. So the first game of the season, we play the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers, if anyone's followed them, have not had a good offensive line. Cam Newton's entire career cam newton leads the league in qb hits by a mile a lot of that's because he also runs a lot they use him as a goal line dude but a lot of that's they just have a trash in the line um and have for years then you have the giants who it's rebuilding but it's nothing to you're not afraid of that o-line by any means they're still starting eric flowers who um i've never met a giant fan say a good thing about um so you have two potentially gettable O-lines in your first two games. Then you have the Seahawks. The Seahawks have a terrible offensive line ever since they won those Super Bowls and they had to pay the Legion of Boom. Yeah, pay the Legion of Boom. Pay Russell Wilson. Ever since they started, pay Doug Baldwin. Ever pay Tyler they... Lockett today. Damn, really? Yeah, they gave him a three-year, $37 million extension. Dude's done nothing, but okay. I mean, I like Lockett, but that's a lot. Anyway, um, point being is that they their O line has always been trash since basically Russell Okung left, and they traded away their center for Jimmy Graham like two years ago. Uh, so that's a, they think Russell Wilson's feet are enough to keep <laughs> them from. They're just like just get out there and run, Russell. Dude, he. I know you're not a huge fan of Russell is like just the way he conducts himself sometimes, but that dude is <laughs> an app is literally running for his life. That well, there's that famous there. picture they have that's like five defensive players on top of <laughs> Russell Wilson and his whole offensive line just standing there, like, looking at it, like, oh, were we supposed to stop those guys? Right. Then you have the Lions, who actually have a pretty decent, or if you, you know, believe in pro football-focused rankings and stuff like that. Middle of the road, but still not a great. And then you have the Texans, who literally have the worst D-line in, in football by about every measurable offensive line. Oh, sorry, yeah, offensive line. Not defense. They have a good D-line. Terrible offensive line. So you're looking at literally the first five games. I really think Tank and or Gregory could be at the front of the sack leagues. I really think that D-line has a strong, strong possibility to be the best unit of Dallas's team in the first five weeks. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I think that the – I'll say this. There's, I think that the golden standard for – defenses this as far as the Dallas Cowboys go in the modern era is the 09 team um the 09 team had 59 sacks the 09 team had a uh, 20 sack to Marcus Ware you know so I said D Ware Jay Ratliff young Sean Lee they had the the 09 team had a 20 sack D Ware and had three players of seven and a half or better so they were putting dudes on their back that's what they were about um that said, I think that this team can be ah, – I'm so hesitant to say because you're talking about DeMarcus Ware. He's like the, the goat of modern Dallas Cowboy pass rushing. But, dude, I think this, I think this squad can, can be better than that. I think that with the guys we have in coverage, the linebacker core, and, and like we said last podcast, like if you have special, a, a special player at every level, you can be a special defense – this like you might have the whole offensive line 
looking like pro bowlers at some point this season. The linebacker core has, you know, Sean Lee, who's a perennial pro bowler, and then Jalen, who has looked freakish, plus Joe Thomas, who's looked very good all preseason. And then you got you go into the secondary and you're talking about Cheeto and Byron, who have both had tremendous preseasons uh, and both played really great uh, on uh, Sunday night. So, and we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this there's a lot to be excited about with that defensive line. Was 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 my ultimate point. And to your thing, I don't think your claims that while you know outlandish, they're both things that you said can be true. That no one on that team's as good as Demarcus Ware. And that that front four could be the best front four we've ever had. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, Tank, I think, finished third in the NFL in sacks last year, was first T- for a Tied large- for second. Oh, tied for second, okay. Him and Calais Campbell, is that his name? The yeah, Jaguars yeah. guy? They both had 14 and a half. Oh, gee. Uh, who led that Falcons kid? Uh, right? Let me look. I mean, not as big deal, but I'll let you look. But anyway, no of them, you know, Greg Green show flashes, Tacos shown flashes uh irving when he gets back i mean they really could be an elite front four so we'll cross our fingers led the league yeah he had 17 i lost that bet um okay well point being is yeah there's there's a lot to be excited about um and and hopefully you know that this team stays constructed as far as gregory and irving and tank can all get on the field at the same time (laughs) Yeah, which is a big if. But let's go ahead and pivot, Andy. What did you want to uh, go into next? Um, you know, I figured we just keep rolling with guys we saw that looked good. Linebackers had another great evening. Um, sure, no Sean G- Lee, no Leighton Van Der Esch. Neither uh, Leighton dealing with a groin injury. Mintberry um, Crunch. Mintberry Crunch. Um, and I'll say this. I'm not saying that the kid's not very good, but uh, I watched Derwin James to make his first start in the preseason and pick off Drew Brees on his third snap of his professional career against starters. And I'm watching LVE look lost through his preseason action and then get hurt. So not saying we should have taken him, but we definitely should have gotten Derwin James instead. Let me pose this question to you. Do you think the Cowboys still would have taken Leighton Van Der Esch if they had known Jalen was as far along as he was and they knew what they had in Joe Thomas. No way. No way are you taking a depth linebacker in the first round. No way. I'll say that, let me ask you this. Okay. A lot changed between now and April is my point. Oh, most definitely. Let me, let me ask you this. Given okay. what you know about Connor Williams and Leighton Vander Esch mm-hmm. and Michael Gallup, if you could have... LVE, Connor Williams, Michael Gallup, or trade your third to move up and get Derwin James and trade your second for Earl Thomas, which would you do? Yeah. So Earl Thomas, Derwin James, or Well let me pause. Because I think if you take Derwin James, you don't trade for Earl Thomas. I think that goes out the window personally. Okay. I don't think you get both. Um but I'll manipulate your question to something I would have done is trade up for Derwin. Whatever you want to give, maybe one of those extra fours, maybe both your fours. I don't give a shit. Um, Move up. And then in the second, take James Washington. 
Okay, now we're talking about <laughs> shit I like. Now you're now you're speak my language. And then the third taking no lineman. I don't give a damn. I know I, I don't have a name there in the third, but that would have been my ideal. I, I don't think they've missed by any means. They still took um you know, I looked at Broadus's, I looked at Sturm's like top sixty. They still took three players in the top sixty or top fifty, I think, depending how those dudes rated them. Uh so it's still a good draft uh potentially i mean you never know until two three years down the road but they would have done things we thought we got we thought we got a steal in mike jenkins you know what i mean like you can never really tell i'll go to my grave saying mike jenkins had a stellar third season in dallas and then he got hurt singular (laughs) i know one singular season but he was a stud for one year i've watched him blank deshaun prime deshaun jackson and run foot for foot with him and week Fair. 17 and a division playoff game that we whooped Philly. It's so weird. Like, and I, this is a weird aside, but like, so today I'm watching the Parcells deep blue documentary okay. and they're just like the way that they like put on rose colored glasses to like talk about these guys. Like they're just like, they didn't know that they were going to have two of the best Cowboys in history on the team, Terrence Newman and Roy Williams. And I was just like, <laughs> Not that those guys weren't good. Like, they were. They made Pro Bowls, like, and especially Terrence Newman. Like, he was a fucking beast. Well, but they Roy were talking was about, like, four-time Pro Bowler, but a lot of that was Darren Woodson covered up. That's what I'm saying, dog. Like, they were talking about, and they had Darren Woodson talking about Roy Williams, and they were like, Darren Woodson was being like, I've never seen a safety like Roy. Like, he just decimated people. I was like, yeah, that's about all he did. Like, Roy Williams would hit well, yeah, me really hard. Horse collaring was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they made that. He literally broke Roy three different like, people's damn. three different people's legs, including yeah, Troy, dude, Terrell he, Owens. He put Terrell Owens on the ground. That's for sure. So, but yeah, it was funny. I'm sure we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna be looking back, being like, "Man, you guys just weren't there for prime Brandon Carr, dude. Like <laughs> he's a beast, Fuck dude. That dude." I'm weird, like Brandon Carr. I am weird that I think Mike Jenkins was shit on a little bit, but. I don't know, but they really haven't had an elite secondary member since Darren Woodson, to be fair. No, I agree with you. Tinu was pretty close. Tinu was good. I don't think he's, he's still ever good. Looked. He's still good. Bro, what the hell? He looked faded in his last game with Dallas. When Who was it? Uh, Victor Cruz took him for yeah, like just 180 did, just yards. And destroyed TV. him. And you know, Darren Woodson, or uh, sorry, uh, Terrence Newman know. might be like the best cornerback in the history of the Big 12, like, his college tape is Bro. flat out ridiculous. They did the uh, what was it? They did the all decade team in the Big Twelve uh, between what was it 2000, 2010, and he was the corner at K State. Oh yeah, I mean, I forget who the other one was, but damn, bro. I I mean, it had. I'm assuming it's one of those like Aaron Kid. Ross, like some Texas bum. I assume, but I forget. Uh, by the way, uh. Tech had two players. Texas only had one. Texas only had one. They had Derek Johnson, linebacker. Hmm. Who was? Uh, who were the Tech guys? They had Crab at wide receiver, of course, and uh, uh, Wes Welker at punt returner. <laughs> okay, tight, tight. Hell yeah! All right, that makes sense. I like that. I like that. So, no, for sure. But um, so the linebackers look good again. Joe Thomas had a great night. Jalen Smith had a great night. Um, and then man, the secondary. You know, every single time, every night, I'm like, this is going to, because I'm so used to it as a Cowboys fan where I'm like, you know, they'll, they'll look good and they'll just give up some horrible boneheaded play where you're just like, our secondary sucks. Um, dude, so far, Byron and Cheeto have looked 
absolutely locked down. Like Cheeto made a sick tackle for loss, dude. Like he he blew this guy up behind the line. That was sick. Byron has been just absolutely shutting dudes down. I mean, I, I really you know we when we drafted Byron, he was like looked at as this corner safety hybrid. And I'm beginning to think like we really misjudged that by putting him at safety. Like I think he's a natural corner. He's very good as a corner. Yeah, so you uh on that front, did you see because obviously uh, one thing we haven't talked about that game, Kayvon Frazier, another safety left the game for Dallas. Uh, I think separated shoulder. Yeah, he popped. They popped it back in. Like they, they said, said he's, he's, he's good before. to go. Yeah, so they said he's but good to go. But if that wasn't a sign that Dallas needs to do something at safety, I don't know what is. They were asked by reporters, "Did you see this about moving either Byron or Cheeto to safety?" And uh, who was it? They asked Marinelli, and they're like. Uh, he's a corner, and then Chris Richard jumped in. He goes, Cheeto and Byron are corners. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it on the last podcast. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. dude Those two dudes. It's awesome. It's awesome. So they they look amazing. Um, I'll get. Let me give you some quick stats on the second on the on the defense in general, Ben. Please do. Please do. So this year, these are going to sound foreign to any Cowboys fan because we're not used to having a, a good defense. Um, so I'm going to go game by game. And then I'm going to give you the total stats for the D. Uh, so against first team defense against the 49ers. Now to clarify, is this just the ones go? Um, it's going to break it down by who they played. So first team defense against the 49ers. Three drives, zero points allowed. Against Jimmy Garoppolo. Three of six for 34 yards. No points. C.J. Beathard, 2 of 8 for 51 yards and an int. Do you remember that one long play he had to Pettis? That was the only – that was like 48 of those 51 yards. Yeah, where were you at, Jordan Lewis? So combined, the 49ers quarterbacks against our first-team defense had were 5 of 14 for 85 yards and a pick with no points. On the ground, they had 7 carries for 16 yards or 2.3 yards per carry. The defense allowed three total first downs. First team defense against the Bengals. Six drives. Zero points allowed. Andy Dalton. Five of seven. 41 yards. Three first downs. No points. Jeff Driscoll. Two of four. 11 yards. And a pick. Combined. Seven of 11. 52 yards. One interception. No points. On the ground, seven carries, 20 yards for 2.86 yards per carry, and a fumble. And then first-team defense against the Cardinals, four drives, zero points allowed. In the passing game, Sam Bradford was one of four for six yards. Mike Glennon was three of four for seven yards. Total passing game from the Cardinals against our first-team defense, four of eight for 13 yards. On the ground, 10 carries for 19 yards, 1.9 yards per carry, no points, period. So total defense. First team defense this preseason, 13 drives, zero points allowed. Against starters, 9 of 17 for 81 yards, no points. Backups, 7 of 16, 69 yards and two picks. Total passing stats, 16 of 33 for 150 and two picks. And total rushing, 24 carries for 55 yards or 2.3 yards per carry. They have been absolutely lights out. 
no one has moved the ball consistently on them. They have yet to give up a single point. No one has gotten into field goal range against this defense. And this is including times like Sunday night when they they get out there, Sam Bradford goes one for three and gets sacked, and then they punt, and then our punt returner muffs the punt, and they get the ball back. And so they start on the 50, and we still don't allow any points. Yeah, this defense has by far been the highlight of, of preseason. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. Um, you know, the ones aren't really out there as much anymore. I think the NFL is going to have to do something about preseason because coaches and getting more and more away of playing anybody. The Rams did not play Jared Goff or Todd Gurley a single snap all preseason. Yeah, we didn't see Zeke. I mean, we didn't see Zeke at all in preseason. There's been several teams that have not even hinted at putting out a product on the field. So I really think something's going to come to shove, push come to shove here in the next two years ago that they're going to change up this preseason schedule. Uh, but as it stands right now, and the defense has played a large majority of starters without Sean Lee's played very sparingly. Um, we haven't seen, obviously, Irving because he's – God knows he's even in Dallas, but – He's not. He's in California. Tight. Good. <laughs> good. 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 But the defense has been stellar. I think that's what Cowboy fans out there need to be most hyped about. Um, I really don't think this offense going to be someone who hangs 35 on people a game. Not that they're incapable of doing that. I just don't think that's going to be our MO to winning, like in the Tony years. I think you're going to see this defense holding a lot of teams under 21 points a game. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. You take the defense we're seeing in preseason, you add Sean Lee to it, you add David Irving, you put X back on the field. healthy, by the way. They just don't want to risk him. Yeah, he's 32. Yeah. He's the oldest starter on this team by far. He's the it's... only starter over 30 years old. And this is preseason to go to I me. Mean, what? Just to get into a, a preseason debate here, I mean, what can you put Sean Lee out there that can really, in week three of a game, that can tell you something that you don't know about that guy? N- nothing. I mean, I, there's there's a school of thought that, like, hey, you need to see how certain guys play with certain other guys. There's been a big, like, yelling from certain fans about, like, hey, we don't know how good Mike White and Cooper Rush are because they only get the crappy O-linemen and, like, if you put Cooper Rush out there with the starting O line and the starting receivers and Zeke, like he'd look good too. And bro, if you're telling anyone who says that, please directly message me and we can have a discussion. If you think Cooper Rush would look good out there, Cooper Rush threw just about the ugliest pick six I've ever seen. Um, he saw Tavon Austin coming for a comeback route, and I saw Patrick Peterson holding up a sign that said, "I'm going to pick this ball and take it to the house." And then Cooper Rush read that sign and then held up a sign that said, okay, sounds good, and then tossed it lazily in the general direction to Patrick Peterson, who just snuck it and went right to the end zone. It was like a straight Roadrunner Wally Coyote like gift somewhere in there. Like You clearly see Roadrunner come on the screen and put like the fake train tracks continuing yeah. through a mountain, and then you see the Coyote like, tight, I'm going to run through that. And that's, Smack. That's um. No, he was he was really bad. I'm gonna go over these turnovers, goat, off the top of my head and see if I yeah. get them all right because there are eight. Yep. Uh, Lance Lenore, muff punt. Yep, muff punt. Uh, Cooper Rush pick six. Correct. Lance Lenore muff punt two. Correct for a touchdown. Uh, Rod Smith trying to hurdle somebody fumble. 
Drop the ball. Yep. Uh, Blake Jarwin fumble middle of the field. Should have been Rico. Yep. <laughs> Mike White third and long ugly pick in the end zone. Oh, that was a different one. I was forgetting that one. Then another one on third and long on our own side of the field. Correct. And then Cooper Rush or Mike White strip sacked. I forget which one. Mike White got strip sacked. Yeah. Okay. So that's eight. It is. Uh, it actually matches. Or it might exceed. It might be the worst turnover ratio. Oh, it is ever uh, for the Cowboys. Statistic. No, no, not ever for the Cowboys. That's a fact. It is also the worst turnover differential ever recorded in an NFL game. To our credit, we tied um, some tied. game in the '60s, so it's not the worst ever. That was probably like eight fumbles. It was okay, probably yeah. played in like the rain. I saw the tweet and it was so depressing. I didn't even want to save it. For it was the probably show. like, "What a rousing game between the Cleveland Browns and the Dallas Texans." <laughs> Dog, this is how ridiculous the NFL was back then. I saw a clip the other day on Twitter. There was a game between the Boston Patriots and the Dallas Texans, and Dallas, like it was a tie game or no? They were Dallas was down by three. They drove the length of the field and got to the Boston Patriots five yard line. And they used to let fans like come right up to the edge of the field and just like stand there and drink and watch the game. And on fourth down, Dallas snaps the ball and they're throwing it into the end zone. And a drunk fan of the Patriots ran into the end zone and batted the ball down. And the fans rushed the field and they allowed that to stand and gave the Patriots the win. Like that's how far the NFL has come in 50 years. Like, can you imagine now if a fan ran on the field and batted a ball down that like Tony, like that, like Tom Brady threw? And they were just like, yep, that counts. Sorry, boys. And just like, everyone go home. What a gas. That's so great. My uncles used to tell me stories about uh, golf back in like, man, like the, I don't even know, like the early 30s, 40s, 50s and stuff where they'd have like Bobby Jones would shank one in the woods, but the gallery wanted Bobby Jones to win. So someone would find his ball and chunk it back in the fairway. And, just <laughs> and there's just no cameras. So just <laughs> yeah, no one knows. As long as everyone <laughs> agrees not to tell, they're good. Like, and they used to like, crime yeah, was like, just like, mad easy back then. Like yeah. you would rob a bank. And as you rob the bank, you just give everyone in the bank, like a hundred bucks, which is like a year's salary. And you're just like, no one tell. And they're like, sounds good, bro. And you just get away with crime forever. Yeah, you just like murder someone. You're like, mm, I need to get away from the law. I'm going to go three miles over to, <laughs> yeah, to the next town and tell them that my name is different than my real name. And <laughs> no one will know. Like, dude, imagine how many dudes were just like having kids and then being like, this is whack and just moving to like a different city and just being like, yeah, my name's Jeff. And they're like, hey, Jeff, welcome to the new town. And since no one left their town because you had to walk, <laughs> you're just like, all right, cool, whatever. Golly. Ah, the good old days, dude. Make America God. great again. MAGA. MAGA, bro. Tight. Uh, so that that was basically the bad. Um, we, we went over the punt returns. We went over the backup issues. I'll say this about backup quarterbacks, man. I am, you know, we got, I mean, Dak's a sturdy dude. I'm not too worried about him getting injured, but if he does, we're in some serious trouble. And I think that one angle that's not being talked about on this, mm-hmm. that quarterback room's young. It's all young. There's no veteran. And Kellen Moore's the quarterback. Kellen coach. Moore's the quarterback coach. That's what I was going to bring up. I'm thinking Kellen hasn't done the best job getting these guys prepped. Um, they don't look ready to rock. Uh, and, w- I mean, what is Kellen Moore going to tell these guys? Like, yeah, He's one of the most winningest quarterback in NCAA. Okay, but they're like, they're going to Carolina week one. What's he going to do? Be like, yeah, man, I held a clipboard there one time. 
It's a crazy stadium. Like he, he doesn't he threw, know anything. He threw four hundred ish yards in one game once. In the NFL? Yeah, I think the year the year Tony got hurt when we were real we went through like Whedon and him. And Damn, dude. I can't believe that noodle arm could throw four hundred yards. Was that, was that like six yards at a time? Did he have like, seventy uh, completions? I was probably so blackout drunk by the time that game occurred that Dude, we were doing the like we and Matt Matt Castle. Like when Matt Castle came in, and we were all like, "No, he's like pretty, he was he was pretty decent at one point, dude. Like he could get it done." <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! He did have one dope touchdown pass to Dez though, where Dez just mossed like three Eagles in the end zone and like broke god. his foot. God, yeah, that was tight. Uh, no, if if Dak goes down, I hope they don't even try and get a veteran QB. I hope we just let the ship sink and try and get the draft pick. I don't even Gotta want to try and bring in Matt Castle. Nope. Uh, that being said, yeah, backup QBs look bad. Backup O-line is completely devoid of any talent. Uh, I thought Cameron Fleming, honestly, would be... Better. Yeah. yeah better, better, better than Chaz Green, which he might be, but that's not a great standard to hold an NFL player to. But he hasn't really done anything. They really Joe Looney looks good in his role. Um he might be the only backup guy that I really trust. Um, other than that, it, it looks pretty bad. Let me ask you this, Ben. What do you think about Mike White? From what you've seen, do you think it's worth keeping a third QB on this roster, given how yeah. poorly he's performed? I know I got asked this question last week, and I know I said no. I'm okay with that. I think you can keep three. I don't know. It depends on at what cost. Who are we Who are we cutting? So, Would you rather have him? Or Rico Gathers. Is Rico going to make the team? Let me let me, let me say this as we pivot. Uh, I'm okay with QB. I really don't know who's better between Rush and White. White actually looked okay. I think he was 16 of 19 on straight checkdowns with one terrible pick. Um, he wasn't god-awful in that game. That was a god-awful offense. But pivoting to the Rico Gathers question. I'll just say this. This is supposed to be the Rico show. They said even Jerry came out and said you're going to see a lot of Rico gathers plays. I'll just let you know this is what the Cowboys think of Rico. Not me. Not Ben Walker. This is what the Cowboys think of Rico gathers. They opened up the game, Andy, in 1-3 personnel. You know that is. So one receiver, three tight ends. Three tight ends, yeah. Of the three tight ends on the field, one of them was not Rico gathers. They only got four on the roster, so... If they're willing on the first snap of the game to show you three tight ends and he can't get on the team, I'm letting you know right now he's not making the team. And you know what? I think it'll be good to have closure on this. I think this is better than the alternative, which is Rico stays on the team and is like inactive half the year, and people are just like, oh, why isn't the coaching staff using Rico Gathers? Dude, we could be scoring 15 touchdowns a game if we had Rico Gathers. Look, I'll say this. He... He shows the most flash of any of them as receiver talents. But let's be honest, you're not getting rid of Dalton Schultz. He's a rookie. You're not cutting your fourth-round rookie. That just never happens in the NFL before camp. Um, I don't Jeff know. Swain, I mean, Jeff if Swain you want to get rid tenured. of Swain or Blake Jarwin, if you want to get rid of one of them, you won't hear me disagree. I'm just letting you know that the coaches do not seem to think much of Rico as a tight end prospect. And – Outside of the occasional flash play he makes in garbage time, 
I don't think you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see him on the field. And for those comparing to Antonio Gates, as we said last year, Antonio Gates had a hundred plus catches heading into his third year. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't think it's happening. I agree. I agree. So I think that's uh, that's what we're going to see on Saturday is cut down day. Um, the only other note I'll I'll say there is that so Saturday the Cowboys will have to make a decision around. Uh, so they're going to it's it's been pretty much announced that Travis Frederick is going to be on the active roster. Um, Did they say that? Yeah, they said that as okay. expected. He's on the roster. It'll be a decision of whether or not to put him on oh, injured wow. reserve. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say this. Uh, Travis Frederick was at the facility working out and attending practices this week, which is a great sign. Um, I'm not a doctor. I will not claim to know everything about Gillian Gian Barre syndrome. Gian Barre. Gian Barre syndrome. Um, but uh, from what we've heard, man, like some people that have this thing, like they don't walk, like etc. He's in the weight room, like that seems like great sign to me. And I, and I will say this, this is the last thing I'll say. And this is like me being an irresponsible journalist and like putting rumor out there that I read on Twitter, but a source in the Cowboys told Brian brought that they would describe the expected recovery time of Travis Frederick at this point in weeks, not months. So I think we'll learn all we need to know about his prognosis by whether or not they put him on IR. Um, if he does not get put on IR, then we can probably expect to see him before week eight. That's what I think we'll learn. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with with him. Um, if they do put him on IR, just so people are aware, that doesn't mean he's done for the year. That will mean the earliest he can come back is week eight. So if they don't put him on IR, that means not for sure that he's come back before then, but that means they believe there's a chance they could get him back before eight weeks in the season. Which so. Yeah, that'd be great. And on a personal level, uh, it's good. It, it's good that he seems to be doing well because people come out and said they were basically strapped to a hospital bed for a week before they were able to move stuff again. Yeah, and, and he doesn't seem to at least reach that point. After and it's a really early in your diagnosis that you go there, right? Go. I mean, yeah. it, it's such a. It's about a two week. They said it's about a two week acute what? period where like you're gonna have the the stuff peak. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to be. If not through that, then his case is incredibly mild by comparison to other cases we've heard of. Um, and after a really tough week for Cowboys fans, as far as injuries go, like we saw Travis at practice, we saw Zach Martin return to full contact team practice and describe as him feeling great, totally ready to rock for week one. Tyron's in good shape. Um, hey, let me say this about Zach Martin. I thought that was interesting. So he returned to team practice, what was that Tuesday? Yep. So Tuesday was their last Big practice. They take Wednesday off before the Thursday game. And the last time the ones are really going to have a, a full practice again is apparently the following Wednesday. So the fact that they were willing to play or let Zach Martin go when the next real practice they're going to have is a week away lets you know what they think of his progress he's made. Like yeah. if there was any doubt about his availability, they would have sat him and given him an extra week. But they're going ahead to say, yeah, you can go. So I think I think it's clear to say at this point he'll be available, and Tyrone will be available, and it'll just be Frederick out. So, which is great. I mean, and honestly, when we when we go back and you look at this training camp, no one dominated camp more than than Zach Martin did. He had a tremendous camp. There was no one beating him. We've talked a ton about how great the Cowboys' pass rush was. 
Zach Martin was beating everybody one-on-one and in team drills. So um, Tank did get the better of him a couple times, but that's to be expected from a, an all-pro like Tank at this point. So, um, yeah, it's all great, great news. Um, but, Ben, even in a week filled with great news, okay. I know the Cowboys fan base isn't going to be satisfied. Never. And that brings us to our new favorite segment, the best of our Cowboys. Oh, man. Some weird stuff this week, Ben. So, guys, if this is your first time listening, this is the segment of the show where we pull out some some of the best comments we found on the Dallas Cowboys section of Reddit. Um, as we said last week, it seems to be populated exclusively by 60-year-old fans that only like the white players and 12-year-olds who don't like anyone on the team that isn't Dak. So I got a couple for you this week, Ben. As, as last week, I got three good ones for you. Yes. Um, first one is in regards to the discussion of whether or not starters should play in the preseason. Um, you know, oh, there's a lot of debate. A, just a general discussion. Yeah, a lot of debate around okay. like, hey, these guys good. need to get some burn, blah, blah, blah. Pretty standard. Dak and Zeke are being babied too much. These aren't wise veterans. They need to see live action as much as anyone, especially shitty Dak. <laughs> but hey, once it takes two or three weeks for these guys to actually get their heads out of their ass and get into the flow of things, I'm sure you all that didn't want the starters to see the field won't bitch and complain about how sluggish and slow they look, right? Yeah, that's... I love that for the shitty Dak, of course, <laughs> needs the reps. That's only like a five, but like... It's a five. Well, I just love, you know, too, like... It was we had the big game. Uh, I don't even forget who the, the who's the big college football game with us like Alabama and some. I forget Florida State or someone. Uh, I, I forget either way. Whoever it is, every year none of these guys play preseason and nobody seems to care. Like no, yeah. no one talks about their starters being rusty. Yeah, I mean, dude, Tom Brady goes out every week one and throws for six thousand yards. Like it's warm. These guys are fully healthy. They're fine. Zeke's had 2,000 touches in training camp. I think he's going to be just fine. <laughs> so the next one, this is going to be a little bit more risque than our usual post, Ben. So Ooh, okay. if our mothers are listening, I apologize for this one. Go ahead and hit mute, Michelle. Thank you. So, Ben, I don't know if you saw this, but some some nude images of our quarterback leaked onto the uh, interwebs this week. Yeah, how do we not talk about the DAC pick? The DAC pick. So... Ah, dude, fans are so weird, man. This this whole thing is so weird. So this is... This of course is, this uh, gets discussed on Reddit, by the way. This is its own post, okay? The title of this thread is, Anyone see that Dak nude that leaked? <laughs> <laughs> no, this gets so much weirder, bro. The, the guy that started the thread's comments are, This is not my business to post. Princes inappropriate, inappropriate. <laughs> but wanted to see what y'all think. <laughs> like, like, okay, can, can I push up? Like, what do we think of his dick, or what okay. do we think of yeah. the fact? Is like, it like, is it like, is it like, like, what we think of like the fact that he takes nude pictures of himself, or is it like, what do we think of this guy's of this guy's junk? The the guy, some guy responds to that and says, "Good, good." This guy goes. I might be weird for saying this. You are like just whatever follows that. You are fucking weird. I'm just letting you know. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I might be weird for saying this, but I think it's somewhat good that he has a big dick because that should make him confident. But a small dick could make him work harder. 
<laughs> have a big chip on his shoulder as he tries to prove himself. I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news. Time will tell. <laughs> what, bro? Time will tell if his dick affects the way he plays. Like, it's good. What? <laughs> that is so wonderful. What? That is the weirdest thing I've ever seen on the internet, and that is saying something, my guy. Yeah, I didn't see this, but I heard them reading stuff on the radio, and one of these snarky TMZ spots read, it goes, I guess not everything's bigger in Texas. So I was thinking maybe he had Woo-hoo. a squirt. Yeah, you gotta get, but yeah, you gotta get a little comment in. So I was thinking maybe maybe Dak had a little squirt gun, but you're telling me he's got he's got a magnum down there. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a hog, dude. <laughs> well, good for Dak, man. Good for hey, you, bro. dude. I I personally think it's I might be weird for saying this, man, but I think it's somewhat good that our quarterback has a big dick. Might make him confident, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, and then this is my favorite one of the week. Uh, in a thread. About whether or not we should have, uh, this was posted right after uh, Derwin James made the pick on Drew Brees. And then okay. there was a post made about, like, do you guys wish, knowing what we know now, do you wish we didn't have LVE and that we do have uh, Derwin James? This is the mindset that has destroyed this once great team, wanting thugs like James over disciplined, hardworking, all caps, real football players like Vander Asher Williams. Thank God our coaches aren't as stupid as you. Oh, good, good. Thugs. Like yeah. Derwin, so Derwin, Derwin James, James big thug, dude. Anything off the, so he's black. That's what Lit- yeah, that's that's what that means. Because okay. first of all, real football players like Vander Asher Williams just happens to name two white guys. Coincidence. Also, Derwin James, who's been like a locker room leader and a captain at every level of football he's ever played and literally never had an incident of any kind, disciplinarily speaking. Huge thug, dude. Just huge thug, dude. Just, ugh, gross. Thank God the coaching staff isn't as stupid as me, Ben. Thank God, dude. You know, that's not as crazy as normal uh, besides fans talking about our quarterback's penis, which I guess you'd expect on the that's internet. That's a tad odd, yeah. Um, so overall, mild week, but I do enjoy the segment. I, I do to see uh, you if you're on the Dallas Cowboys subreddit and you listen to us, spice it up a little next week. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah or, maybe, or like, dude, maybe get a shout out. Maybe we'll read your username on air. How about that? Or tweet us, uh, tweet us weird shit you see on the subreddit at uh, b underscore w underscore b underscore b, dude. Send us the send us the best of Reddit. So we'll, we'll put it on here for sure because we do enjoy some some hilarity on our Cowboys. And I'm sure as the season gets revved up, we'll have a lot more good stuff. Yeah, post-game threads are gold. gold. So, so yeah, Ben, that's kind of all I had for this week. Anything else? Final thoughts? You know, final thoughts, no. Um, I was going to mention the Chaz Green thing, but we already covered it early. Uh, there's really nothing – there's nothing to watch in this fourth game. Um, I will be watching – it's Thursday, so it is tomorrow, August 30th. And we will, of course, I guess, talk about it, Goat, me and you. But for the most part, I don't think this game's going to have much bearing on the final roster at all. No. So, you know, if somebody makes a good play that's going to play for this team, you know, we'll talk about it. But at this point, we're we're really close to the regular season, and I'm fucking pumped. Yeah, man, I'm super stoked. Um, like we said, Saturday's cut down day, so next week's podcast we'll, we'll probably go through what we saw during this yeah, game, you, but most of it will be about the roster. While we're here, you want to do any, uh, 
any roster, and we did a few. We did quarterbacks. You want to do tight ends? Who makes it? You want to do your predictions? Yeah, sure. I mean, I I'm with you, man. I think we're going to keep three. I think it's going to be. I think Swain. Rico's on the outside looking. I in. think I think Rico's on the outside. Um, I don't really buy into Cowboys fans' fears of hey, if we let this guy go, he's going to be a he all can't pro somewhere off, else. I I just don't see it. Um, yeah, I I think I think a lot of teams have this guy. Like when you talk to like hardcore fans of other teams, everyone has this player who's like, dude, he's seven foot twelve and he can jump through the gym. And yeah, he doesn't have hands, but like, so good, dude. He's gonna be a, an all perennial, all pro as soon as we get him ready. Like everyone has these project players. There's tons of dudes running around that played other sports or they played at mediocre schools and they just out athleted everyone they played against. Rico's a tremendous athlete. No one's taking that away from him. He's become a very flashy receiver um but the dallas cowboys offense is based on the run game and i just don't see rico progressing enough in the blocking scheme to to warrant a spot on this team at this point so um other than that uh a couple guys i don't th- i mean I- i'm gonna guess that you were not gonna see lance lenore i think giot ward is probably on the outside looking in at this point um i think we've seen too much good from other guys uh they're gonna running want- backs um, I think you're going to keep Bo Scarborough. You're going to see Darius Jackson leave. Um, Bo was a draft pick. Darius wasn't. And Darius just offers too similar of a package to Rod and Zeke. And I think they want something a little different for a change of pace. And I think Bo offers that in like kind of a pound the ball down at the goal line type guy. Um, what about you? What do you see on running back? Yeah, I've gone back and forth. I'd almost lean to keeping four, but what are you really doing? Are four really going to play? I mean, is Bo really – do you ever really want to see a goal line run from Bo over Zeke or Rod? I just don't think so. Um, you know, and Darius Jackson appears to be the best special teamer of the three or four, but I I, I think you'll probably see three. I think the Cowboys will do. I think you'll see three tight ends. I don't think one will be Rico. I'm okay with keeping three QBs because – but then again, I mean, is either if either the two of them aren't special and you really lose Dak, I'm sure you'll probably sign a veteran off the fucking street at Agreed. that point. Um, so, oh no, I actually don't have any surprising cuts. My big one, I think Chaz Green gets cut. I really do. I hope you're right. I really do. I think that they're just scared enough about offensive line depth that they're going to be willing to keep that guy. He is at this point, he's no better than anyone else's final day cut. I, oh, I totally agree with you. I think he's worse. I, I don't think Chaz Green's in. I would player. rather them at this point, if something happens, beg Doug Free to come out of two year retirement to come play again. Is that an option? Like, will Doug Free <laughs> come play? Because I mean, Doug Free was kind of tight, dude. Like Doug Free. Oh, trust me, dude. I was all about free money, man. But uh, I hope he. My point is that I don't think. I don't think you keep. I, he's just not a good. He's not his time has shown. You know he probably could have been cut right after Atlanta, but they had no choice at that point. You weren't. And I think that was the inflection point, man. Like we saw Chaz Green fill in for Tyron Smith two years ago, and he looked pretty damn decent, to be honest with you. You know what? Tyron missed three games, and that Tony after Tony got hurt, and they actually looked pretty good. Yeah, Um, and then um, but man, last year that that Atlanta game, I think it just broke him. I just think he's he's not confident. He's questioning himself. He's questioning if this is he's good enough to be in this league. Um, yeah. and it shows in his play. He hesitates. He blocks the wrong guys. He misses assignments. Um, and he just gets flat out beat. I mean, he was out there against starters, 
uh, on Sunday night. And obviously, you're playing Chandler Jones. You're playing against, um, you know, I can't remember who the other guy is that they have on their line who's good. Um, but they were he was getting pounded off the ball on a regular basis. So, yeah, I think I would like to see Chaz Green leave the team. Um, so, yeah, but we'll, we'll definitely cover all the, the roster moves and, and the cut downs uh, on next Tuesday's episode. Um, we'll give you guys a nice preview of the Carolina game. We'll do some deep background on the Carolina Panthers and Scam Newton. Um, but yeah, that's Ben. That's kind of all I had for this week. Any any final final thoughts before we jump off? No, I think we're straight. Shout out Christian Brothers for fixing my car. Please don't take all my money. Oh. <laughs> uh. Amen to that. So, yeah, guys, that has been Boys Will Be Boys for this week. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, please rate and subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You know how these algorithms work. You heard the president this week. These algorithms, they're rigged, man. They're making only the bad stuff show up for him. They're making the podcast not be as popular as it should be. Leave a rate and review. Fight against the evil algorithms. Do us a solid. We super appreciate it. Um, Snoop would say, follow me, follow me, follow me at... B underscore W underscore B underscore B Twitter. We yeah, will guys, and, and if you guys have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, seriously, hit us on Twitter. We love answering those questions. That's what we should have done, Ben. That's the one thing we forgot. We do have some questions sitting in the mailbox, so we'll definitely need to do that next week. Um, and we will, uh, and guys, yeah, send the questions our way, comments, everything. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, as always, it's been Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. This is Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace. I'm bag now, in my bag now. What the fuck is that sound? What the fuck is that sound? What the Mac out, nigga, side down. I got shit I never had now. I can brag now. Got my bitch a Louis bag now. She can brag now. But my bitch a broken bag now. She a brag now. Now I'm sitting in a club in a different bag now. Baby, when I pick it up, you gon' put that out.